This week's episode of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast is brought to you by listeners like you. Head on over to patreon.com slash run, eat, drink podcast and subscribe today. Fans, founders, and insiders like you help us keep the Run, Eat, Drink podcast going. And we thank you for your support. This is Mike Rallman from the Be Our Guest podcast. And you're listening to the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. Welcome to the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. We feature destination races from across the country. And after the race, we take you on a tour of the best local food and beverage to celebrate. So whether you are an elite runner or a back of the packer like us, you'll know the best places to accomplish, explore, and indulge on your next runcation. Hey, welcome to the Runny Drink Podcast. This is episode 135, and I'm your host, Amy. And I'm your co-host, Dana. And for your bit of nerdy trivia today, 135. Oh, no, wait, it's not. Never mind. What were you going to say? It's a prime number, but it's not a prime number. It's not. Dang it. No. I was so close. Oh, your father-in-law would be so disappointed. Well, I... As a math professor. He skipped me. He did not give me any math genes. They all went to my sister. Nobody gave me any math genes either. Yeah. So welcome to episode 135 of the Runny Drink Podcast. We do whatever it takes on this Run, Eat, Drink podcast team of hosts here. I see what you did there. Yeah. I'm a stupid dork. No. You're a fangirl is what you are. I am. Yeah, I'm super excited to have you all along as we recap a race themed after one of my favorite characters in the Marvel Universe. That's Black Widow. If you have been a longtime listener, you know that's one of my favorites. And we are flashing back to Disney because we have more fantastic food and beverage from two, not one, but two different places at the Walt Disney World Resort to recap for you all today some things that you cannot miss that will make your mouth water. So Now, I will also give the disclaimer that uh, we are not a Disney travel podcast. No. A lot of people might think that because we've done a lot of Disney episodes over That's the true. years. But the fact of the matter is Disney is one of the premier destinations here in Florida. And right now... It's with, where we started running. Well, we it's near and dear to our official hearts. Official races. But we cover it so much because so many people like to travel to Florida. Yes. They like to... Many people save up, you know, all year to do, you know, a long weekend in, mm-hmm. in Disney. And, you know, some people save up for, a, you know, a once-in-a-lifetime type, type of trip. And we mm-hmm. want to be a reference guide for some of those folks and give them... As much bang for their buck as possible when they're finally getting to go and do this trip that they've been wanting to do for so long. And because it is such a popular destination location, I think it's important that we do cover it. And, of course, there's a tie into running, and that is Run Disney. Yes, and while they aren't doing actual in-person races. They are doing virtual races, and we have decided to bring the virtual running to Disney. Now, Disney used to do a series of Marvel-themed races out in Anaheim, California at Mm -hmm. Disneyland. Those have not gone on for the last several years. And, of course, Hmm. right now, 
nothing is going on due to the pandemic. But that didn't stop us. Right. Our friends at Metal Chasers put together this fantastic series. Avengers Assemble series. Well, I think it's technically Metal Chasers Assemble. Is it Metal Chasers Assemble? It's Metal Chasers Assemble. I'm sorry. But it's Avengers themed. You're but on it's the, Avengers you're on the right themed. Track. That's my bad. We took a couple of the 5Ks with us and we took the virtual runs and ran them on the Disney property. Yes. We have a great race, a great virtual race from Metal Chasers to recap at a fantastic destination because in Florida right now there aren't a whole lot of in person races going on. There really aren't. I think that our next one is going to be the Freedom 5K that was put off from July. And we just got the confirmation email on that one, what, two days ago? Fingers crossed. Yeah. So, so far, that may be the first in-person race that we have back in our schedule. And we're just not able to travel. Nothing wrong with that. If we can squeeze something in locally, I'll take it. Outside the state of Florida right now, we're just not traveling. We, we hope to find races outside the state of Florida that we can venture to and that we can accomplish, explore, and indulge at very soon. Like our northern friends, some of our northern friends and patrons of the show are participating in. So jealous. Yeah. I'm so jealous. I'm seeing more and more in social media now. And I'm just like, really, what's it like to be around other runners? Other runners? Moving in the same direction. Even if I'm you know, watching you all from behind, it's okay. Yeah, if I we're like, like try it. very back of the pack and we're socially distanced running. Oh, that's the reason we're going to be at the back of the pack. We're socially distancing. Well, no, that's one additional reason. Well, that's true. We could uh, put that on the t-shirt too. Sure. Not only are we getting the most out of our race entry fee, we're also social distancing. Yeah. Being responsible runners. Exactly. Keeping everyone safe. Well, and that is important. And thankfully, these race organizers are starting to get their head around how to do these events safely. So I'm They're being be creative. Really curious to see how some of these innovative. Are, are going off. Yeah. 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 One, uh, I think we talked about it last week that Anna runs on coffee on Instagram, who has shared to run Disney memory. She actually did an in-person race where they let a single runner go. Um, and they kept time in between each runner. Yeah. yeah. So they're figuring it out. That you c- I could see that for smaller, yeah. smaller race venues, smaller, less attended races. I'm sure they're keeping the um, numbers smaller. Yeah. So that they can do that. Yeah. Small caps, mm-hmm. tight time limits, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. So we're seeing it come back. We're happy that you all are sharing it. We hope to be a part of it again soon. In the meantime, I think we should talk about... Or whatever it takes, 5K. This is the the race, of course, that Amy talked about. That she's been looking forward to for a very long time. I love her. Uh, themed after Black Widow, love the, her. the graphics mm. uh, on the medal and on the race bib that you get for your race entry fee. They mm. send you again a f- phenomenal medal, a Tyvek bib that will hold up to sweat and running and all that, and you can and go humidity and in do Florida. <laughs> yes, <laughs> ah, there it is. There it is. First mention of weather on the show, <laughs> and it's just a great quality virtual race pack that you get. Each race in the Metal Chasers Assemble series, yes, each one benefits a 
different organization doing good work in the community. And this one, the Black Widow-themed Whatever It Takes Metal Chasers Assemble 5K is benefiting Abby's House. And abbyshouse.org is the website where you can find out more about Abby's House. Uh, it was founded in, uh, is it? do you say Worcester? Worcester. Worcester. Oh, my God. Worcester, Massachusetts. And Okay. See, I just don't even know. It was founded in 1976 in... Worcester, Massachusetts. Okay, thank you. Yes. I just, I'm so lost now. <laughs> It's a nonprofit organization providing shelter and affordable housing as well as advocacy and support services to homeless, battered, and low-income women with or without children. Over the years, they've helped more than 14,000 women and their children reclaim and rebuild their lives, empowering them to lead self-directed lives filled with dignity and hope. That's a great mission statement, Mm -hmm. and how could you not get behind something like that? So, yeah. Fantastic um, organization that this race benefited. Yeah, and I butchered the town it was founded in. There you go. That's okay. (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm sure they'll forgive you. Okay. I'm sorry. So, um, we... I've never been there. We both ran this. We both got our race packs and... (sighs) And we took it to Disney. Yes, And a different part of the Disney parks, we've been recapping races around the boardwalk area of the Walt Disney World property, Mm -hmm. but this time, thanks to Mike Rallman, who you heard at the top of the show, he arranged a split stay for us, so we spent uh, part of the time on the boardwalk and part of the time at the Wilderness Lodge uh, at Boulder Ridge. And for those of you that don't know, Mike Rallman is a travel agent extraordinaire yes at the magic for less travel and he offered so much good advice about here are the resorts that i think would be good for you here's why and here's the order in which i think you should do it yeah so it's it's great advice they're not a sponsor magic for less travel is not a sponsor of the show but i just think that mike and all the other agents over there they're just fantastic resources yeah, they, they really did a great job on planning our trip. Mm-hmm. So we get over there to the Wilderness Lodge, and if you've never been, it is like a giant log cabin in the woods, mm. but to take into the next level. It's just luxurious, it's gorgeous, it's huge, mm. and it's sequestered back in these pine woods. You don't even feel like you're at Disney. You don't even feel like you're in Florida. No, you don't. And in fact, that was one of the things Mike talked about was, you know, this is the this is the one you go to when you want to just kind of relax. You know, you're not looking mm-hmm. for the for the everything Disney in your face 24/7. You're It's not there are personalities to the different resorts on the Disney property, I think. Good way to put it. Yeah. And This one is if you want to end your trip at a place that is kind of secluded, gives you a chance to relax, takes you away from the hustle and bustle of Disney because it can be busy and active. A lot lot of sensory overload if Mm -hmm. you've never gone there and spent any time. Yeah. Uh, So it's a great way to end your stay if you're splitting your stay or if you just want to stay at a place that takes you away. 
it was perfect because there are different personalities. Like, I think there's a hustle and bustle. I think there's a hustle and bustle to the boardwalk. Oh. Especially outside of the current situation and the pandemic because you have some of the street performing. Mm -hmm. You have uh, a lot more of the, like, the, the margarita stand. You can have, there are, it's just... I think a more active environment. I have, I would say the same for Pop Century. And very much so. You know, while you can run at all three locations, it's just a different personality. It's more you get to see more families at Pop Century, let's say. Right. And this is you get sometimes you have families, but it's it feels more secluded and it feels like you're in a different state when you're there at Boulder Ridge at the Wilderness Lodge. Absolutely. So we stayed there. We were enjoying one of the villas, their fantastic two-room suite with a separate uh, bathtub and shower. Oh, you know, so great. Just a great living room, bedroom setup. Mm-hmm. And we enjoy, we're enjoying the hotel. We went out and we said, you know what? We're going to explore the property. the property. Yeah. We haven't been back to this hotel in close to a decade. Mm, yeah. Some things have changed, and yeah. some things were under construction still while we were there. Mm-hmm. So we ended up doing our race, our three-point, well, actually, I think we both ended up doing about 3.2 or close to close it. Close to it, yeah. Um, was just around the resort property. And mm-hmm. what's great about that resort property is that you, of course, have paved paths that go everywhere. Mm-hmm. Then it goes, part of it goes into the woods and out onto a boardwalk. Then you go the other direction and it's paved paths that go out to their cabins, which are these other rental like room units that have. Oh, they you know, look. I think they sleep like eight people. I don't even know, they're but huge. they look amazing. Looks fantastic. So we kind of did this weird, twisty, turny curving back on ourselves sort of thing we hit the mm. end of a running trail and then had to turn around and go back then we hit the end of the running trail on the other end like so. we we saw where we could take the boat to the magic kingdom mm-hmm. and we turned around and we saw the geyser we actually stopped on our run to watch the geyser go mm-hmm. off which was great so uh, you never see that in florida well no I mean, we, we, we don't why would you have geysers here? Exactly. So, so it was just nice Disney to magic s- brought one to life. See for us. something different. Yeah. It's actually very cool. You don't realize, oh, Disney's done this. Yeah. It's kind of like being uh, in a, you know, the wilderness out in the, you know, out West mm-hmm. is kind of the theme, mm. not old West, but Mm-mm. more like uh, Pacific Northwest. And the view of the water is just gorgeous as the sun is coming up and in the morning. Now, it was very humid. However, <clears throat> very humid. It uh, it was just I yes, it was humid, it was hot, but I don't think it took away from enjoying the view and the different environment that we were in to experience this 5K. No, we got up early. We we got out there not before the sun rose, but not long after. Mm-hmm. We were absolutely in the sticky, humid part of Florida because all of Disney is built on a swamp. Well, Meg, one of our and there's there's Bob, <laughs> Meg, hi. one of our patrons, she sent us pictures of uh, views at that resort at sunrise, and it just looked gorgeous. Just gorgeous. 
Well, we didn't quite make sunrise. No, but we were close. Yeah. We were close, so. And we get out there. We're knocking this out. It is, like I said, humid, sticky. Yes, but not the worst we've ever experienced. And thankfully, because we were running along shaded paths. Oh, yes. Which is something we don't get very often. Yeah. So that was very nice. Mm -hmm. You've got pine trees everywhere. This was fantastic for running. And then Mm. when they cut that boardwalk through the pines, it was just phenomenal. Mm. Running down by the lake, that there's a big lake that you take the boats over to the parks Mm -hmm. from this hotel. Yeah. And we got to run basically around the, right around the base of the resort as well. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And enjoy like the view of the, the gigantic Pacific Northwest Wilderness Lodge. Yeah, it was just massive and beautiful, and the water was great. We ran past the place where we explored some awesome food that we'll talk about shortly. Yes. But I just, I loved the scenery, and while some of it was under construction, so it was a little bit more of a challenge to work our way around... It was still a great way to see the resort and just beautiful views for the run. Yes. I would say that if you are a runner and you're thinking about staying here, you absolutely could do it. Just keep that in mind. You're going to have to probably modify your course a little bit. And you're going to have to be willing to kind of do an out and back a couple of times. If you come at the time that it's still under construction and depending on the way it changes because of the construction. But it's still a great place. Oh, without a doubt. That didn't detract at all. To stay and to explore. So. So the actual race itself, uh, the run itself, we weren't really doing it for time. This mm-hmm. was more of a almost a power walk for both yeah. of us. Just kind yeah. of, you know, keeping the heart rate up. Mm-hmm. Um, doing some basically baseline cardio training. Yeah. And trying to get a good feel, take some photos, see the see the resort property itself and we were able to combine those two things, get the mm-hmm. mileage done and explore where we were staying. Yeah. And I think we did some shuffling. We did a little bit of interval work, but really it was about that. Yeah. It was about taking in the experience of the environment. Absolutely. So when we earned this medal, it was just a great time. And I love this medal. And it's slightly different than the Black Widow medal they had out in California, that very last half marathon out there at the Disneyland property. Oh, it's it's quite different. Yeah. It's because that that was just her belt buckle kind of situation. Her emblem, right? Her emblem. And then this one, it... Features the metal, the metal chasers assemble at the bottom, and it has that emblem, but then it also has a silhouette of her. The silhouette that we're talking about is basically what you see right now if you're looking at the, the Black Widow movie posters and you yeah. see her walking towards the camera. It's that silhouette uh, where she's walking on a, uh, a black field, and her red hourglass logo the black widow symbol is behind her and the way Mm. they've done it is you have this beautiful shiny black enamel Mm -hmm. background and silhouette and then she's walking in front of a red glittered uh, hourglass 
It's great. I love it. And then it's ringed with red. And then inside of the red ring, there are these silver spiders, little black widow spiders. I just think the attention to detail on this metal and that heft and quality of this metal is just incredible. It's great. Oh, absolutely. And then, of course, at the very top of the metal, it says whatever it takes in red lettering. This is an homage to the line from Avengers Endgame. When, spoiler alert, three, two, one, when Black Widow makes the clutch play to get the Soul Stone and sacrifices herself for the good of the mission and the team who she refers to as her family. You longtime listeners know that I'm just a little bit sad about that. Oh, she was mad. I was oh, she mad. was mad was when sad. that movie came out. But I also like how the detail of the spiders and the black and the the line, you know, that references that whole thing, mm-hmm. whatever it takes, is also on the ribbon. Yes, and these are really nicely done double-sided uh, satin ribbons. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are, uh, this is as good as any metal you're going to get at a large race event. Yeah, and I, I really like it a lot. This 5K, its theme is one of my favorites. You know that. I do. And it supported a great organization, Abby's House. In Worcester, Massachusetts. In a place that I don't know how to pronounce. So (laughs) it's not, yeah, I'm going to let him do that. Worcester, Massachusetts. (laughs) That's my superpower. I can pronounce Worcester. There you go. There you go. (laughs) So that's the run. Yeah. And all this talk of running. Of course it's made you hungry. Makes me hungry. This was very convenient because oh. we are going to talk about food today from one of the restaurants that's on the property at Disney's Wilderness Lodge Resort. Well, And I'm going to start out by saying that this was the dark horse that I did not expect to be not really? only as really? good as it was, really? but to like it as much as I did. Well, I will say that I might have had a hint based on some of the Be Our Guest podcast lizards comments and feedback over there in their Facebook groups and and in the live calls from that show. Geyser Point is the restaurant that we're talking about. This is, for lack of a better word or term, a elevated pool bar. Yes. And I... I that's a concept I've never heard of because it's not really a thing. But when you get there and you mm. see this place, it's this giant wood and stone structure mm. that's open air. Yes. And it's set apart from the pool. It's not like when you think of pool bars, sometimes you think of, well, you can just jump out of the pool and you can walk up to a bar and you can get a, a beer and there's really, it's, it's not a separate place. It's not a different ambiance. But I got a different kind of feel. Like, you could be here. You don't have to come from the pool. No, and it is, like you said, it's outside of the pool area. It's It's between the two pool areas. It's its own area. Yeah, it's between the two pool areas. And while while it's a, a pool bar or you could walk up and pick up orders... I just I I just like that you have the view of the water and I like the wood and the stone structure and the fact that it it just it feels so elevated like you said. Yeah, this is right down by the by the lake, mm. kind of in between the two mm. pools 
and right next to the geyser. So you actually could True. be sitting in the restaurant enjoying a beverage or your mm-hmm. meal and watch the geyser go off. I think it yeah. goes off at the top of the hour. And Fantastic. The the construction, the wood beam construction and, you know, the the lighting and the color palette which is very autumnal, you know, it's deep reds Ooh, and browns and a little word. bit of, you know, aqua. It, everything mm. kind of evokes that feeling of the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. And you just don't have any idea that you're going to get some of the best food on property mm-hmm. when you come out to this elevated pool bar. Fantastic food. We are big fans of charcuterie. It's one of those plates that wherever I see it, I tend to gravitate towards it because you can kind of make your own perfect bite. Mm. And it usually has a variety of things on there that are very satisfying and munchable, yeah. noshable. They, they satisfy cravings. Um, they hit the, the bread craving, the, the tart, the sweet, the salty. Exactly. The meaty. The, it's just everything. It hits all the notes. So I like that it's served on this. The charcuterie is served on this like plank-esque plate. Yeah. Looks like a wood plank. A wood plank. And it's got um, the, the bread. It's, it's, it's toasted bread points. Yeah, like sourdough bread. Yeah. Uh, yeah they, they, they cut the, the bread. And again, this sounds kind of silly. You're raving about the bread. Really good um, bread, like, you know, um, what do you call them? Crostinis. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. couldn't think of the word. Really good crostini. You and, you know, you get like a nice sourdough bread like they do. And mm. you, you know, drizzle that with olive oil and throw Toast that on the grill. Or grill it. Oh. I just, you know, if you have that and this, so this had the crunch to stand up to, as you say, making the perfect bite. Mm-hmm. And it, I mean. It wasn't just bread though. What else was there? Amy? Okay. So sourdough crisps, prosciutto, salami, shaved Parmesan Reggiano, arugula, mini pickles. I call them gherkins. I call them uh, corinchones. Oh, Okay. Maybe these are all synonyms for the same thing. Well, I you think know? When, I th- when I see gherkin, I think sweet. These were the dill gherkins. Okay. So. Or dill, dill gherkins or corn chones. Little mini pickles. Mini pickles. Little mini there pickles. Whole and honey grain mustard. Oh. And I can, and it was, it also came with its own little jar. Like a mason jar. Like a mason jar. With a, when one of those tops, those classic tops, it's, it's with a duck riette. And a duck riette is similar to a pate. It's pate in, for in people who don't like organ meat. Okay. It'd be the I best way I could describe it. It's um, fat poached or uh, confit duck. Yeah. And that fat shredded almost pulverized really into a paste and then packed into that jar. Mm. If you're not a fan of organ meat, like liver. Yeah. Well, I'm not because a lot of people don't like pate cause they don't like that iron kind of flavor. Uh, flavor. Um, a riette might be the way to go. This 
was it was meaty it was not gamey it was not it didn't have that flavor that you talk about not that organ meat sometimes gives you i just it was very spreadable and it was fantastic on those crostini that with a little bit of the parmigiano reggiano a little bit of the arugula that they <sighs> tossed in some sort of like uh, vinaigrette mm-hmm. um, a very simple vinaigrette it could have been just like olive oil and lemon juice yeah salt and pepper but just a little bit of that on the crostini uh, with that oh that parmesan uh, that hard parmesan shavings mm-hmm. oh so good but then also salami is one of my favorite meats yes on a charcuterie yep plate i just it there's a tartness to it that's yeah. so satisfying mm, it's meaty it's tart it goes really, really well also with that arugula and, and parmesan and the crostini and that grain mustard. I love the texture of grain mustard. Yeah, the, the mustard that they chose to use was very coarse, mm. very coarse, not, not, whole, could, yeah. not whole mustard seeds, but close no. to it. And it was just, it was so, so good. And prosciutto, I just love how you can see like the fat and the meat. And you can just roll that up. You could roll that up with some of that salad and the bread and just have tart, salty, meaty, crunchy goodness in a bite. Absolutely. That to me, I think, is the magic of a good charcuterie plate. Mm. It lets you create those those bites it's a shareable experience can be different every bite and you can just sit there and relax Mm. and converse Mm -hmm. and you know make your own little little bites as you're going so good and you know it's it's shareable which Mm. is great it's just fantastic and i think that one is shareable for two people oh absolutely for two people i think you can actually feel very satisfied with that as a starter for your meal Without a doubt. But wait, there's more. There is more. We also, we kind of tasted our way down the menu with some shareable bites here. And there was something on the menu that I just had to try. And it was their cheesy barbecue brisket made, served with house-made chips. And I know you're thinking, brisket and chips, what are you doing? This, I want you to think of as... Chips and queso. But instead of oh. a Mexican flair to the dish, this mm-hmm. had more of a barbecue flair. And I would say it's a meatier queso. Don't just think of it as very cheese forward. Right. This was a fantastic hot dip served or that was that was comprised of of basically shredded brisket and cheese mm. with some, I don't know if they were jalapenos or shishito peppers or sliced up peppers. Because they didn't have any seeds. There were no seeds. There yeah. was no real heat Mm-mm. from those. Mm-mm. And they served it in this, this crock. It comes out bubbling. Mm-hmm. And they just did these amazing house-made kettle chips oh, as a side. So crisp and thick. I love thick cut potato chips. And really good for... Again, creating that perfect bite of the Tillamook cheddar and the provolone 
and and the jalapeno slice and just that barbecue brisket. But I, I do want to say that I think it's hearty. It's so hearty that you have to spoon it almost onto the chips. Yes, this is not a loose dip by any stretch. Mm. This is much thicker. I think you said hearty. Yeah. There's also a secret that I'm going to share. Oh, which please is, do. Which is when you go in for your your bite for this, mm. get some of the the meat and cheese that's at the edge, the hot edge Ooh, of the, the crock. Crispy. You get those extra crispiness to it from the cheese browning as well as just the crisping of the, All together. the edges of the meat. Oh, it is so incredible. And it's mm. got this this barbecue sauce spice to it mm. without overwhelming it. You got a yeah. really good flavor of the brisket. I mean, it almost looks like a chili when it comes out. That's a perfect way to describe it. Yeah. Yes. It, it, but it's it's certainly tighter. It's it's more like it's, it's heartier than a chili. Mm-hmm. And so. the chips just have that salty potato goodness. They do. And it all just comes together to give you layers of different texture and layers of different flavor. And our server was kind enough to bring us refills on the chips Ooh. because they're just good that way. Mm-hmm. And this was, I think, just an amazing shareable small plate. Yeah. And again, I think it's good for two people. And I think that it was so ad- addictive that it, it, I don't know if you if you had a foursome, you, you, you have to watch somebody not actually commandeer the whole thing, <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's, you may need two of them. No, <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I agree. So, <laughs> so at any rate, I think that the charcuterie and the the brisket dip. Uh, oh, mm, 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 mm. But that's there's still more. There is. We oh, got goodness. another small plate to share because I am a sucker, and Amy was kind enough to indulge me. <laughs> Uh, mm. For fried oysters. Yum. Oh, and I love oysters too. I mean, don't just, don't be telling them that I don't like You and I. Oysters. You're a little bit country. I'm a little bit rock and roll. Okay. You will sit there and eat a dozen raw oysters and I can't even look at them. I, I love, I love oysters both ways, but I grew up having been introduced to that raw oyster being in Florida for a large part of my childhood and being able to get that fresh seafood and so I grew up on that that said these crispy fried oysters were incredible yeah I grew up in Florida my entire life and cannot get behind raw oysters i know and i like sushi i like sashimi but raw Mm -hmm. oysters can't do it so um when i do see fried oysters though i tend to gravitate towards them and that's because i got that from my mom yeah Uh, and i think you got that from your dad with the with the oysters oysters, yeah my dad my granddad yeah yeah so it's it's evocative of childhood memories Mm -hmm. happy times oh yeah and when I see fried oysters, I think of, of good times with my mom. And yeah. I saw these yeah. walking by, and I said, I, at first I thought these were like chicken fingers. And I said, hey, what are those to our server? And she it's says, true. oh, those are the oysters. And I'm like, oh, oh yeah, bring those Sign over. us up. Really? Um, you get three on the plate, 
and they're Ugh. enormous. These mm. are some of the largest oysters that I've ever been served in a restaurant. They are f- lightly fried with what I could best describe as a cracker meal. That's breading. what it seemed like. Yeah, it wasn't like a cornmeal type because no. it didn't have that grain. It didn't to have it. the grainy consistency mm-hmm. of cornmeal. It, mm. it tasted like a cracker meal, mm-hmm. but it was very light, very. Uh, Fluff, not not so fluffy that it was like a beer batter, but but it had a f- a fluffiness to it, a perfect crunch. Yeah, and yeah. it stuck to the oyster. Yeah, we it did w- not have that problem Beautiful. sheathing the oyster when you bite and pull. Yeah, so that we could actually we, they it came with three. I had one, you had one, and we were able to split one successfully. And that I think is an important uh, thing to point out. Mm. Much like when we talked about clam strips at DJ's Clam Shack back in the Keys last year. Oh, yeah. The, the telltale sign that, that the, the kitchen knows what they're doing when, with oysters mm. is when you bite and pull, they aren't pulling themselves out of the breading. Right. And so that you just have a breading bite left. Yeah. And usually to get that, uh, a, a kitchen will, um, they will marinate in buttermilk oftentimes mm. and that oh that tenderizes the Sounds meat of good. the oyster mm. and then you know they'll do like the wet dry um batter and then fry fantastic job they serve these on top of a bed of basically shaved sweet potatoes and they looked almost like shredded carrots like you get in the bag in that's the produce I, department that's what i thought they were till i tasted them mm-hmm. and they're i think like flash fried with nothing um Nothing on them. Yeah, no real spice to compete. No, with the oysters, but That's I think purely for a pop of color on the plate. I think. Yeah, yeah, but they were good though. They really were. They were good, and the sauce. It's a miso tartar sauce. But it didn't have it. it you know, a tartar sauce you you see like the 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 bits of relish mm-hmm. in that, and I didn't see any in the. Perhaps I wasn't looking. Well, I think that they may have pureed everything. Maybe. And and that's why you ended up with this really smooth mm. sauce. But miso gives Yeah, you should talk about that because you started to use that in some of our cooking at home. I have. Um, I, I use a lot of white miso paste in cooking that mm. gives you that umami, that meaty flavor uh, that you are craving, especially if you're going plant-based, but you're not, you're, you're not doing it for, you know, moral ethical reasons you're just doing it for <laughs> health mm. so during mm. the week when you want something meaty and you you add some miso to your vegetables you get a meatier flavor well that's what the miso imparts to the tartar sauce and it's just this rich it's a, it's a much richer flavor than you would expect from a tartar sauce mm. and it was just fantastic the uh the dip was Perfect for the bites that we had. Yeah, it added the creaminess, the umami. The acidity. The acidity. It was just, it created the perfect bite. I could have had six of those. It could have been a meal. And actually, if I were going to go back, I might actually do those as an entree. Mm -hmm. And that would be very satisfying. Yeah. So I was very pleased. I the. I don't think you would be disappointed in getting these if you're an oyster lover. Mm-hmm. Oh, but so good. Last, but not least. Last but not least is the star of the show. 
Oh my. The headliner. Mm, the main the, event, if the you will. bite you must get if you are going, I'm going to say not only if you're going to this resort, I'm going to say if you're staying at Disney for any length of time, oh you gosh. need to make a point to go over to the resort, to this resort, even mm-hmm. if you're not staying there, mm. go to the restaurant and get what we're about to tell you. Uh, yes, which is the bison burger mm, with waffle fries. This burger is one of my favorite burgers, not just at Disney, but of all time. All time? That's pretty high praise, but I think it deserves that high praise. I was blown away Mm, mm, by how mm, good mm. this burger was. This is a huge bison patty. I want to say that it's, it's either a third... Of a pound or a half. I, th- I think it's a. Th- I think they stuck to a third of a pound. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a, a really hefty patty, um, topped with crispy bacon. Oh, sweet onion straws, mm-hmm. marionberry sauce, barbecue, lettuce, like tomato, a- garlic aioli, and I opted for cheddar cheese. Oh. And that's a leaner meat. So when you first see that, if you're familiar with it, I would think, oh, it's not going to be that whole perfect bite. It could be dry. I don't know. And I can just tell you, order it. There is, I don't know, bison is very similar to venison in that it's a it's a very lean leaner. Yeah. meat. Like Amy said, you would expect that it's maybe going to be dry because typically for burgers, you're wanting like an 80-20. Yeah, and not that you expect it, but that it's like the danger is. Yes, correct. If a restaurant is so popular like this and turning out so many of them, you you want it to be that perfect, moist, meaty burger. Absolutely. The burger was cooked perfectly. I ordered it medium rare. I got a perfect medium rare burger when it oh. came out. The mm. the the bun I believe is a brioche that they serve it on, so that's kind of a cheat. They mm-hmm. um, you know the the bacon was super crispy. The onion straws, it's fried sweet onions, mm. so you're getting a little extra sweetness, a little extra crunch there. The smokiness and saltiness of the bacon. I opted for cheddar cheese. I love the sharpness of cheddar, and it has a pretty good melting quality yeah. for burgers, especially grilled love it. burgers. Mm-hmm. The secret sauce is the marionberry sauce. <sighs> the marionberry sauce is almost like a a blueberry or blackberry compote, but almost in terms of the size of the berries, like 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 blueberries. Maybe black currants, but it has almost a hint of holiday spice to it. Mm. Be the best way I could describe it. But this, the sandwich, the way it was built, and the different textures, and the smokiness, and the crunchy and salty, and all of it just worked together perfectly. And there, it wasn't overly sweet. Because no. of the sauce. 
you just had that hit of, so- of yeah. sweetness from the sauce. But you still had the smokiness of the bacon, the the cheesiness, the... Creaminess from the aioli. Oh, and the meat was just cooked perfectly, so it was tender. It did have a slight hint of that gamey quality, similar to what you would get, say, with lamb. But it wasn't... But it wasn't as strong as lamb. It wasn't off-putting or overpowering or it just... Everything worked together to create the perfect bite. Even the butteriest... The buttery quality of the bun. Yes. It was just... I wished that I could have had a whole bison burger, bison (laughs) cheeseburger to myself. Really, really. I loved it. Yeah, they did a they did a phenomenal job with this burger. I was so shocked at how good this was, and I even told Amy, I said, I I would if we're staying if we were staying another day, I'd get it again. Mm. It was that good. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite burgers of all time. Yeah, hands down. And that's high praise because you talk about Post Tavern in Jacksonville a lot. Well, I like Post Tavern. I like Nevermind Awesome Bar mm-hmm. Eatery here. There, yeah. I, the list goes on. There are just a number of places that we've gotten amazing burgers we've been very lucky in that respect so that's high praise this was just a surprise and something that you our listeners have absolutely got to go avail yourselves of Mm. 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 but before we go on we just want to say thank you so many of you have been helping us and supporting the show throughout 2020 during a time where it may not be as easy for you to give that support and we cannot thank you enough. Some of you have purchased apparel from our partners at Pure Creative Apparel. We now have masks available uh, by uh, listener request. And especially for this month, we have masks that have our logo. This month, October, our breast cancer cancer awareness awareness. version of the, Mm -hmm. or edition of the Run Eat Drink podcast logo. Yes. So we're very excited about that. Some of you in this challenging time have taken the opportunity to go to Apple Podcasts and help grow our Runcation Nation by submitting ratings and reviews that make me cry every time I go and I read your heartfelt words about how much you're getting out of the show and how much it means to you. And while I may not cry, I absolutely find that they make my day. So it's amazing to see those ratings and reviews and we cannot thank you enough for that. But for those that wanted to support us in a more long-term way, uh, we have our patron program set up through patreon.com. You can just go to patreon.com slash run, eat, drink podcast. And we have three levels of monthly support, $2, $5 or $10. And each one of those has specially designed perks for each level. And You, for all of our patrons, have a special video series. It is your health journey leading up to your last doctor's appointment of the year. And it's just great because it's a little bit of behind the scenes, personal frustrations, challenges, successes. And I I think you've gotten a really great response from our patrons about that. 
it's been really nice to be able to share a little bit of a, of a even more intimate look, I guess. And I'm just getting used to the idea of opening up on camera mm. or opening up, uh, doing something even more personal like that. So mm. it's kind of a journey for me and everybody's getting to come along. And then I'm getting to interact through feedback uh, right through the Patreon app. You can send messages and we can message back and forth. And by the way, if you are on Podbean, you have access to the same patron program right through the Podbean app. Just go to the top of our podcast page, click on become a patron. You'll see those same three levels set up for you as well. Our show, this podcast, the Runny Drink Podcast, will always be free. But if you are looking for a way to support the show because you want to see more of that behind the scenes content, the bonus content, and more, go to patreon.com slash runny drink podcast we thank everybody for supporting the show including our newest insider wendell wendell is a longtime founder for our show he's always supported us and been a dedicated listener and we thank him for his continued support and look forward to bringing him and to our other insiders some great exclusive content in the months to come and he actually subscribed through podbean so there you go so it we can be done we thank all our patrons and all of our listeners for supporting the Running Drink Podcast. Now, while there were some amazing beverages there at Geyser Point, we actually did get for off sure. of the resort property while we were there. We promise. We did. And we found on the boardwalk where we did a couple of our 5Ks, our other 5Ks up there, mm -hmm. that we've talked about in the preceding weeks on a couple of past episodes we found a place that is open for fantastic beverages called the Abracadabar. Did I say it right? You did. And this is a place that we have uh, walked by a hundred times if we've walked by it once. Mm -hmm. We've stayed at the boardwalk right next door. We've run by it and run Disney races. We've looked at it and went, oh, that's interesting. But, you know, I don't think that I really knew what it was until we walked in this time. It has... I've. It has a very speakeasy kind of feel. That's a great way to put it. Yes. It does. With a classic magic act or magician flair. Yeah. You just, you walk in and it's a little bit, the, the ambiance is lower lighting and darker wood, you know, cherry colored kind of booths mm -hmm. to the seating and, and just... Some classic, I would say, it's an homage to magic. Yeah, going back to the the heyday of magician or magic acts like Harry Houdini, mm -hmm. and you know, seeing you know old memorabilia or posters yeah. and yeah. and actual like I guess it we call them props and toys and things that were like mm. s maybe sold as, you know, magic tricks for kids mm. you know, years and years ago. Yeah. It, it had a really uh, kind of a, a vintage vibe. Yes. Very vintage. You know, like it, like you kind of walked into the great Gatsby a little bit. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like a little speakeasy, a little great Gatsby. Hey, that's a nod to one of our patrons favorite books, Nancy. We're talking to you. Anyway, so I digress, though, because the environment 
makes you feel like you could just sit back, relax, sip on a very nice, rather strong cocktail and stay a while. And this is not a place that's going to bring you neon colored, fancy cocktails with dry ice bubbling and, you know, like glow cubes in the bottom. They are doing craft cocktails that kind of fit in with that ambiance there and take you almost take you back in time a little bit, maybe Mm. to the early 1920s, 30s, giving you an idea of or or letting you experience that through these craft cocktails. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you, I've had a Manhattan, but I think this may be one of the first black Manhattans I've had. Interesting. There's a black Manhattan, and that was my drink of choice on the menu. And it had bullet rye whiskey, Amaro Averna, and orange bitters. Well, I'm a fan of bullet rye whiskey. Well, bullet, you know, I mean, it's it's like it's that brown, that classic brown color you come to expect from bourbons, rye whiskeys, that, that sure. you know, whiskeys in general. Brown liquor. Yeah, brown liquor. It's smooth. And the the rye whiskey, it just, it, it has a spice. Like, it's not like rye bread, but it has kind of like the essence. I know exactly what you mean. And it it has hints of vanilla, of honey, and... It's just, I enjoy a good rye. Oh, yeah. And Bullet has a great one. A lot of people, it's funny, a lot of people who will complain of the harshness of bourbon. They should try rye. Will try rye and they'll like that a little bit more. Although what you tend to find a lot of times is the harshness in bourbon is from, I guess, the way the rye plays against the corn. Oh. But Mm. on, on its own. Really, really smooth. And I think, you know, you had the orange bitters in there, and then you had Amara Averna, which... That's a new one. It's an Italian bitter digestive. Ooh. Did I get it right? Sure. Yeah. I don't I'm know. I'm way out of my, my league there. Tom- tomato, tomato, you know. Um, it, it's a secret... It's made with a secret infusion of Mediterranean herbs, spices, and fruits. It's a bittersweet liqueur. I, I got a, a whiff of your drink before mm. I, I could taste it, and it tasted like it smelled. And I think that the orange bitters, were it's just like almost having rind of orange. Yes. Essence of orange and, in and the drink. When I say that, that's not a bad thing. It was just your drink was very aromatic, I thought. Yes. Yeah. And beautiful. And I put a picture just like I did of the burger mm-hmm. and I, in the album artwork of both of our beverages that we had at the Abracadabra. But I just, it, it was a, it was very nice, smooth. It's a, it's a strong one. It is a strong cocktail. It's a sipper that you can sit and enjoy the lighting and being taken back in time in the Abracadabra. And just, I, I really enjoyed that cocktail. Yeah, this is, it's it's a neat environment. There were people wandering around kind of in our area, actually looking mm-hmm. at some of the memorabilia up on the walls. We ran into fellow runners. We did, fellow uh, Disney runners. And it, 
we had a, a great time just hanging out there and my drink, but because I, I wasn't really sure of this place, I was like, I don't know, that magic theme, eh. I decided, kind of like when I try a new pizzeria, mm-hmm. I thought to myself, self, if they can't do a very classic, basic drink mm-hmm. correctly, mm-hmm. then you're not going to like anything else. So no. when I go to a new pizzeria, I always get the... Pepperoni pizza. Pepperoni pizza. The drink that I got is called the parlor trick. Mm-hmm. And the parlor trick is their take on the most classic of bourbon cocktails, and that's the old-fashioned. This is Four Roses Bourbon Small Batch, which is a, I believe, a 100-proof bourbon. Mm. Simple syrup and a splash of soda water, and they garnish it with a orange slice and, and a luxardo cherry luxardo cherry it's the darker cherry it's so sweet but it's it's not it's not the same sweetness it's kind of like more of a molassesy sweet than a basic maraschino correct yeah yeah and i have to tell you their choice of bourbon which i am a, typically a fan of four roses mm. uh, the amount of simple the, the the use of soda water to give you a little bit of water to open up the bourbon as well as give you just a little bit of effervescence. Mm. They did a really good job on this cocktail. If you're looking for a just a classic old-fashioned, the parlor trick here is absolutely the way to go. And it, like you said, it's a bit of a sipper. Mm -hmm. You definitely uh, don't want to, you know, have probably more than one of these, you know, in a sitting. Well, I mean, if you're just staying right there at the boardwalk. Well, that's true. That's true. If you're making a night of it on the boardwalk and you're going to walk right back to your hotel. Then Maybe. By all means. But Maybe. Yeah. Um, fantastic uh, cocktail there. And the setting was perfect for us mm. to just hang out, sip mm. on our cocktails, talk to those folks, and just enjoy this, enjoy the ambiance. Yeah. It was a good time in there. I would go back and I would venture out to try more of their handcrafted cocktails. They're, they're sitting right in between the Trattoria El Forno and the Flying Fish, right? They're right in, the, in that same row. Yes. In that same row with the pizza window and the Boardwalk Bakery. So there, there are some strong options there. This is just, this is nice. And they have, it's not like they just have rye or bourbon-based cocktails. They do have some rum, some tequila. They have some gin-based cocktails that you can try. Absolutely. So Th- they're doing classic cocktails across the flavor spectrum. Mm-hmm. They're just doing things a little more old-fashioned there. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Really, I would go back there and it would be a, a great setting where if you wanted to take your time with a beverage and just sit with friends that you haven't seen in a while and catch up and enjoy the environment, it's definitely a place that's not really loud. So you can actually, guess you can talk and sip and relax. It's the kind of feel that I got. Yeah, and the fact that they are adjacent to Trattoria Al Forno means that it's the perfect spot to either begin your evening or, or end, end your it. evening. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I really want to try Trattoria Al Forno. On an upcoming episode of the Running Drink Podcast, folks, you heard Stay it Stay tuned. Here. Stay so. tuned. You never know. All right. Well, that will do it for the drink portion and for this week's episode. We mm. now have 135 in the can. Yes, and we thank you for coming along as we flash back 
to our wonderful and amazing trip. And next week, you're going to be shocked. We're going to be talking <gasps> about running, eating, and drinking. That is a shocker. That is the title of our show after all. <laughs> yeah, so, no. Folks, we can't thank you enough for listening this week. If you would like to support the show, head on over to Apple Podcasts and give us a rating and review. Mm. Um, if you are looking for some clothing, if you're a human being that's not allowed to be naked in public, we highly recommend, really, really the Run, Eat, Drink podcast swag. You can go to runeatdrink.net, click on support the show, and click on the get some swag button. Um do us a favor, do your neighbors and friends a favor, and uh, cover up and do it with Runny Drink really? Podcast clothing. Yes. Wow. Okay. Yes. Yeah. We're, we're avoiding the explicit tag now. <laughs> Come on now. And you can also become a friend of the show and get some bonus content if you become a patron on Patreon or Podbean. You can go to patreon.com slash Podcast. Or if you're a Podbean user, there's a button right in the player that you can click on to become a patron of the show. The levels are the same. The rewards are the same. The bonus content is the same. And we can't thank all of you enough for listening to our show, for becoming patrons of our show. We are just so grateful that you come along on this journey with us. We love you guys, and we cannot thank you enough. So before we gush anymore. Gush, gush, gush. That's it for this week. Thank you for joining us on your long run, your commute to work, around the house, or wherever you are. I'm your host, Amy. And I'm your co-host, Dana. Stay safe, stay well, have a really great week, and we will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. We're having another great year thanks to your support. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We're at Run, Eat, Drink podcast. And on Twitter, we're Run, Eat, Drink pod. You can also give us a call at 941-677-2733 or send us an email at info at runeatdrink.net. Visit our website at runeatdrink.net and click on the subscribe link so you don't miss a minute. Find out how you can support the show at patreon.com slash runeatdrinkpodcast. Accomplish, explore, and indulge right along with us. We'll talk to you next time.